folks. We are back for another You Are Not Your ROAS. I am Rabba, CMO and host. I am with my partner in crime, COO president, and just overall gem of a human, Max Blank. And we are joined by a titan, an up-and-coming, a dark horse on DT, DTC Twitter, Ash Milani. Ash, how are you? Good, man. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. I've been wanting to chat with you. I've been just enthralled with your feeds of late. Um, first off, I'm in Austin, as always, um, back home in the marketing HQ. Max is out killing it in Columbus at our proper HQ. Ash, where does this podcast find you? Yeah, we're in uh, New Jersey at the moment. Oh, oh we're cool. in Jersey. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with like Kearney, New Jersey. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. it's like right next to Jersey city, which is okay. right next to New York city. So <laughs> we're that close to the city. It's pretty much New York city. Huh? I love that. Yeah. The, the city has so much energy, man. It's a really crazy, really crazy city. Um, speaking of a lot of energy, so you went to school in London, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I did. How was that? Tell us a little bit about that going, or, or I guess give us a little bit of background too. So are you from London or? So I'm actually, I was born and raised in New Jersey. Um, my okay. mom was actually kind of raised in London. She has, you know, her side of the family's there and we used to travel yearly uh, to visit, you know, grandparents mm -hmm. and aunts and uncles. And, um, you know, right before my senior year, I uh, went around and kind of just like wanted to get a feel for like the schools over there because it's a lot different, right? And uh, my mom had gone to school there and she had said that, you know, it was the best years of her life and you know I, I always wanted to kind of do stuff that just made me stand out a little yeah. bit um yeah. so instead of going to school here um you know I applied to school over there I went you know walked around did what I needed to do and you know I just fell in love with the city um it's not as you know hustle and bustle it is in New York um I think it's like that perfect level of excitement for a city um so Definitely really cool experience, you know, met a lot of people. The school itself was um, mainly international students. So talking, oh, you cool. know, meeting people from all around the world, um, you know, Asia, Europe, you know, Africa, like you name it. Um, you know, I know somebody in another country. So if I'm ever traveling, I know who's couch to sleep on. <laughs> um, but but uh, yeah, no, it was really, it was really cool. And I think that's what kind of sparked um, my interest in just becoming an entrepreneur because I was um, hanging around with these like high net worth people, yeah. um, you know, whose parents had, you know, their own businesses that they've scaled to million, billion dollar businesses. And I'm hanging around with these guys with, you know, a couple, a couple bucks in my pocket while they're swiping left, right and center at the shops and the clubs. And I'm like, I want that. So, yep. you know, I think that's kind of what, uh, what, you know, projecting me into that direction of, okay, well, I want to have my own business. I don't want it for anybody else. If I'm going to do it, I want to do it on my own. And that's kind of why, you know, I stepped out of my comfort zone and went there. And, um, you know, it kind of gave me a different perspective on life altogether. I love that's that. Great. That's fantastic. So when did you start your first business or like your first entrepreneurial venture? Yeah, so it was actually around that time we were in, uh, or I was in London. And um, I was really big into the uh, sneaker reselling market. And what was really interesting is that uh, my brother was so into sneakers, like Jordans and all those types of shoes, and I could care less, right? I would, I would buy a pair of shoes and I would beat it out, mm -hmm. right? So yep. basically, he was saying, you know, obviously these shoes drop, they're limited edition, and um, you could sell it for 10 times more. Um, 
when I was in London, I realized the same shoes that were dropping in the U.S. were dropping in the U.K., but no one cared about it in the U.K. So I'd go around the shops Ooh. over there, buy them up, sell them to the U.S., and we would make a ton oh. of money. So we made a business out of that while I was there, and um, it was really interesting to see how that was. Was that like an eBay play? <laughs> but um, yeah, eBay, and then as we had like just got into it, and we were like talking to just store owners like like resale shops and. We just built a network of buyers who were like, okay, well, if this is coming out this weekend, we'll take 10 of them. And I would just go and fulfill the order yeah. before. We would have orders fulfilled before the shoe even dropped. And it was like, it was just seamless. And, um, Talk about arbitrage. No, it was a lot of Talk fun. about international arbitrage right there. Like the, the yeah, original yeah, uh, drop shipping. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's a, the original that's alley drop shipping. shipping. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, there was a really fascinating article about, uh, I think it was like Nike CMO or some chief executive at Nike and her son was uh, just flipping, just, he was just printing money. Um, another fascinating article too with, uh, so do you, are you still a sneakerhead? Do you, are you really in that world now or? Not really. I mean, if the, if the nice looking Yeezy comes out, I'll go buy that, but you know, I'm not, yeah. I'm not a big, uh, big collector anymore. Those worlds are always so fascinating to me because I'm actually uh, dipping my toes into uh, vintage T-shirts, and it's okay. just so odd what drives value. It's kind of similar to NFTs as well, right? It's like uh, it's it's this local maximum. It's like not what every like a global maximum is kind of what everybody thinks about, but it's this local maximum. Like if you're cool in that vertical or niche, it's like Yeezy is a perfect example, right? Like most people would look at that shoe and be like. I don't know. That's not necessarily the most like aesthetically appealing shoe, but like there, there's so much attached to owning that, that it kind of conveys this halo effect. That's awesome. Okay. So when did you start Avi and then how did you get into that and give us kind of that little growth evolution? Yeah. So, um, we started Avi two years ago. Um, but before that we actually had a digital marketing agency. Mm -hmm. Um, actually, the, sorry, let me, let me, let me stop you real quick there, Ash. Tell us actually what Avi is before we yeah. kind of go down that path. Cause some people might not be familiar. Yeah, absolutely. So Avi is a health and beauty brand that we started, uh, two years ago. Basically we saw the market of collagen protein and, you know, came across as, you know, this medicinal like product, uh, the stigma was that it was really for the older demographic, you know, more like reactive purpose to it, right? So collagen protein, um, it, you know, collagen is basically what makes up your entire body, right? Your hair, skin, and nails. Um, so that's why you kind of see hair thinning, your, your skin wrinkles and brittle nails after a certain age. Um, so you would typically take a collagen protein, you know, 45, 50 plus, um, more like a reactive measure. But um, what we saw was that you literally have to start taking collagen in your 20s because your body stops producing it um, during that time frame. So what better way to hit that target market than something that's Instagrammable, uh, tastes so much better than the rest of the market. And so what we did was we launched two flavors right off the bat. Um, you know, we, our branding is you know, bright, it's yeah. pink. Um, the flavors are, we launched with two flavors, fruity cereal, which is like your, your fruit loops, um, and, uh, cinna cereal, which is like your cinnamon toast crunch. So you have that, that uh, feeling of nostalgia when you're actually drinking it because it's like the milk at the end of a bowl of wow. cereal, right? So we launched that and we sold out in 12 days. Um, wow. And we're like, okay, well, this is, um, this is definitely something that the market needed. So 
that's kind of where we started. And, you know, in the, in the two years, we expanded that line into, you know, 20 plus flavors. Um, and then also adding different products that kind of tailor to different lifestyles, whether you're looking for something for weight loss, um, immunity, um, you know, hormonal balance, or just, you know, energy that you need throughout the day. Um, that's kind of what we dove into and we just haven't looked back since then. Wow. Can I, can I ask you a question wow. about the launch? Like, hey, was, was the launch built up around an existing audience you built or was it more like an ad play? Great question. So, a really good question. Um, so, prior to that, uh, we had worked on a lot of supplement brands, uh, but more in the sports nutrition space. Mm -hmm. So, we did have an audience, but it wasn't something that was going to resonate. And uh, essentially, the way that we launched everything was we had a couple of influencers and we just ran um, ads right off the bat. And uh, it was, it, I mean, obviously at that time, it was, you know, we had run ads for the last six years prior to that. So we had the knowledge of, you know, the media buying on Facebook yeah. and how to basically scale. Um, so we launched ads, we had, you know, influencer posting and we just blew it out 12, uh, 12 days. Wow. It's oddly short for like, I think obvious, you know, is that, was there something going on there? Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, obvious, obvious the, the, the name of the brand, but it's basically, we, we just want to be the obvious choice in health and beauty cool. and, um, you know, hopefully, hopefully we're getting there. That's so on Good. the nose. I love it. <laughs> Um, so how did you get in the media buying then you, you just, it was just the nature of the beast. You start your business and then I don't have the money to hire somebody for ads. So I do it. Or how, how did you actually, I mean, that's how I learned pretty much all my skills was, was yeah. necessity. Um, so basically, uh, me and my two founders, we actually met, uh, when we were working for another company back, back in the day. And this company was called shreds. Um, I don't know if they were a supplement company, uh, sports nutrition yes. Protein, uh, peripherally workouts. familiar, yeah. I yeah. Um, if you were around during that time, this is when Instagram was just blowing up, and you know, at the time, they were the ones who kind of pioneered influencer marketing, right? Like the paid yeah. post on Instagram when Instagram was chronological. You know, if, if you posted, everybody saw it. Um, so back in the day, we all started there, and we learned the business from the inside out, working really closely with the CEO at the time. And um, I had just actually graduated, you know, um, with a with a finance degree. I wasn't even in marketing, and um, I was kind of on the analytics side. So I was looking at the numbers the day to day and kind of reporting back. Okay, well, this is working. This isn't working. Why isn't this working? And I was just learning the the ideas of what marketing really was. And this was also at the same time Facebook ads just launched. Mm. So. I was like, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna test it out. At some point, the algorithm is gonna kick in. There's no more chronological order, and you know we have to start adjusting. So I started learning ads from there, um, you know, top of the funnel, middle of the funnel, bottom of the funnel. And like back then, like it was so cheap. It, like I miss those days. It's insane. Oh um, man. But right after that, we decided, okay, well, you know, we want to do this. Um, you know, if we're, if we're building it for one company, why can't we do it for multiple, right? So. We left, um, we left that, that company and we started our own agency. Um, I was the media buyer. My other partner was uh, the main graphic designer. And then my other partner was all uh, communications and overall strategy. And um, it put three of us in a room and you know, we took multiple businesses to seven to eight figures um, in you know, under a year with just you know, ads, influencer marketing, email marketing, and so on and so on. Um, but then it's like, okay, well, why are we doing it for all of these people when we could just be doing it for ourselves, right? And uh, we took whatever we learned from, you know, those industries, 
the sports nutrition industry, and we really brought that over to the health and beauty. Uh, because also at that time, the trend in sports nutrition was like the cereal flavors, the really cool flavors uh, right. for like whey protein. And we're like, well, collagen doesn't have that. Um, it's it's uh, it's mainly unflavored. Um, so let's bring over the cool flavors. Let's knock it out with the packaging, and let's just let's just see what happens. And you know, like I said, we we sold out in uh, in just under two weeks. Wow. What a cool yeah. story. Okay. What are some of the resources that you use to gain all the mastery that you have now? Is there, was it like YouTube or like lynda.com just to buy them for friends? How, how did you kind of cut your teeth and, and then get to the place you are now? Um, no, it's a really good question. You know, thinking back on it, um, I think YouTube was okay. I think at the time there was a lot of people who were just trying to, build the following and like the information was very general and it, it was all cookie cutter stuff um i wanted to be like okay I'm, if i'm gonna learn i'm gonna do it right you learn by doing and um just by doing that is kind of where i've learned you know i'm, I'm playing with other people's money right so mm -hmm. i'm learning at the same time and yeah. thankfully you know our initial clients trusted us to do so and um you know picking up kind of quickly is what happened but in terms of resources i mean the facebook groups at the time were, were massive you know facebook ad buyers um and then the premium one ad leaks um was such a huge thing um huge fan of you know tim bird uh nick shackleford you know all these guys had you know put out so much value that yeah. you couldn't help but just absorb it and want to absorb it you know attending some of these masterminds um i was actually lucky enough to Win a free attendance to Tim Bird's mastermind, which was incredible. Um, and then watching some of these, you know, conferences that you know happen, you know, quarterly, yearly, um, things like that. But I mean, between between that, you know, the uh, the Facebook groups, even on Twitter, man. I mean, all some of these guys on Twitter, like they just know their stuff and they're just putting out value. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes I don't understand how some of this stuff is free, but for anybody who's trying to get into media buying. Facebook groups and Twitter is where all the action is at right now. Man, you, you read my mind. You, you must have snuck a look at the show notes because that was uh, my other question. But, okay, we'll close with this on the men's segment. What's the nicest thing someone's done for you? Oof. <laughs> That's a tough one, man. I mean, there's a lot of people. <laughs> um, the one thing that really comes to mind recently is um, – I, so I, I, as we were talking about earlier, right, I'm trying to kind of get uh, get more involved on the Twitter scene. Um, you know, I've been trying to put out value. Like I'm, I'm, you know, in the office daily grinding, trying to you know build this company to you know this eight figure brand that it's becoming. Um, and I just want to like take people along for the ride. Like I want to you know show them what's working, what's not working, you know the successes and the failures. And um, you know I've, I'm lucky enough to. Be able to talk to Nick whenever you know I share my time to be like, hey, what do you think about this? Um, so I was, you know, kind of excited about what was happening on Twitter and I was growing a little bit. And you know, that man hit me with a retweet and then another retweet and another, and I was like, I that was it. And I mean, uh, honestly, he didn't have to do that, and I definitely appreciate him for that because now it's like, okay, people actually want to hear what I have to say, and it's crazy. So definitely want to thank him for that. Look at that, people having people. It's powerful you feel stuff. A lot. You feel All right, a lot baby. A lot. <clears throat> yeah, I, I think Twitter is one of those interesting networks where um, there's a lot of buy-in costs to it, like kind of following the right people, aggregating stuff, because if not, you can get, I, like I tried Twitter out personally a few years ago, and it was just, I'm such a curious kitty 
that my feed was useless. And then once I started using it specific for like DTC, e-commerce, mm -hmm. marketing, analytics, a little bit of finance, like it really, uh, to your point, Ash, there's like, you'll find some dudes or women with like 50, 100 followers and they'll drop just like the thread of the year. And you're just like, who is this person? Like everything they're dropping is heat. Like, hey, Alex P is one of my new favorite followers where she's just constantly, she actually did a whale mail, but and you're just like, how? Yeah, there's so many uncovered gems. And I love that idea about action because that that was the same for me. I think there's a there's a certain part where you need to be the general to set the strategy. But then at the same time, you need to take that general hat off and be the soldier and be able to execute that. Because I think a lot of times people will have great strategy, but without execution, it doesn't really work. And then with execution and no strategy, you're just kind of a dummy hitting stuff up against the wall, which sounds like a pejorative, but at the same time, it's more productive than having this fancy strategy that you're not even doing. So I, I absolutely love that. Okay. Let's jump into the value add segment. Uh, so tell me now, how do you think of after post iOS 14, um, building your DTC brand? Like what, what are the big kind of opportunities you see and what are the big headwinds you are, think are approaching? Yeah, I think one of the biggest things that we're trying to focus on now is basically user experience, mm -hmm. right? Um, we're talking about congruency from the ad to the landing page to check out, post check out, that entire process, right? Um, the truth of the matter is costs are going up and they'll continue to go up regardless of iOS 14 or this and that, right? Um, if your CPA is going to increase, then you have to increase your LTV. Um, you know, so people tend to stop focusing right after that initial sale. It's like, oh, like I got a man they bought, and then that's that, right? It's like you have to have this whole thing lined up post checkout, mm -hmm. right? Someone's going to use your product. You have to explain how they're going to use it. How are they going to fit that product into their life? What are some of the other products that you offer that can benefit them as well? And then. How do you get them to continuously use that so that it's become of their routine and they can't live without it, right? So I think one of the biggest things that we've started focusing on, um, at least at the top of the funnel, right, is creative, just nonstop creative. Um, you know, recently we hired new designers, new video editor. Um, shout out to Content Creative, you know, Nick's, um, you know, platform. Those things are like so key right now to just pumping yeah. out creative weekly. Um, and, and right before the update, we, we were, we were being a little bit lazy about it. You know, um, things were working really smoothly. We had top performing creatives. We didn't make too many adjustments. We're like, you know what? If it's working. Don't touch it. And then all of a sudden the algorithm can't find your buyers anymore. Well, now you have to go out and get them yourself. Right. And, um, you know, we took a little bit of a dip, but as soon as we started introducing more creative and testing, um, you know, things like landing pages, I mean, we have like four different landing pages from just one product, right? Um, you have to have different creative that's going to attract different pieces of the audience. You have to have different landing pages of different styles because different people um, absorb information differently, right? Like people want to read stuff. Maybe they just want to look at stuff. They want to watch something or they just want to buy right away, right? So definitely testing those pieces and mix and matching um, is the only way that you can win right now. Um, and then, you know, figuring out the back end stuff. Email marketing is huge. SMS yeah. is huge. Um, we're really big with uh, Facebook Messenger right yeah. now, and um, I haven't heard yeah. anything about so, Messenger uh, in quite some time. It's good to hear about it. You know, no, it's it? it's definitely huge for retention. Wow. Not for top of the funnel, sure. but definitely for retention. Um, you know, and then you know, building out that post purchase, um, you know, flow. Like we have our uh, Facebook group, the Avi community. We have forty five thousand members in there right wow. now, and it's Incredible. basically a place where people can come 
talk about the product, ask questions with other customers. You know, this is not working for me. How do I make this right? Okay, boom, I have a new recipe. You, I want to try it. And how do you moderate that a group that size and like really keep people engaged? Oh, Great it's question. um. I mean, we have the best team in the world. Wow. Like I'm talking like these. These originally were uh, diehard Avi customers, and we're like, oh. you guys are like so passionate about the the product. Do you guys want to like? be a part of the brand like do you want to help facilitate conversations do you want to help change people's lives and the, the answer was usually yes like of course i want to be a part of the, you know this company that's helped me so much i want to use the opportunity to help other people so we have about uh 10 moderators uh two three admins and you know they're constantly in the group looking um for, for they're helping people out with whatever do you, do you find that you can leverage this group to number one launch new products and like build up hype and like maybe even offer things exclusively for them. Have you guys found that to be a good play? No, great question. And like the answer is like a thousand percent yes. Um, basically, we're using this group for insights into what our consumer wants and you know basically needs, right? Um, you know, they're the ones that are suggesting sometimes new flavors that we're coming out with or products that they want to see. Um, but basically, everything starts with the group. Yeah. Um, we're coming out with something. We announce it. Me and my partner Ron will go live on Facebook um, whenever we have an announcement. People join in the group. Yeah, on the page. So cool. Um, and yeah, we have like 300, 400 viewers at a time, which is amazing. I don't know who wants to watch me, but 300, 400 viewers at a time, and we're announcing these products, and people are like, "Oh my god, I can't wait for this flavor." This yeah. and that, and it blows up in the group, right? And that's 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 organic reach. Okay. The fact that we're able to reach our entire group um, organically instead of you know sending out an SMS which costs money, email, you know open rates aren't that great anymore. But right. be, being able to reach your consumer like right there and then without added cost is so every, huge for brands. Every right time now. I speak to a founder and they have found out this this group is really some secret sauce. I'm saying like, how would you rate this group if you had to just one to three? Email list, SMS list, group. Like, what would be number one for you? I mean, I would say okay, SMS, right? In terms of just purely like revenue driven SMS, because you're reaching everyone, mm -hmm. right? You're reaching everyone of your customer list. I think group. Um, I think I would say about thirty-five to forty percent of our total customer base is in this group. Yeah. Um, and so like, but even then when you start, you know, posting and things like that, um, the reach is insane. So I would put SMS group email at and the moment. Yeah. It's, it's like under, I think yeah, it's I mean, underrated, that's... you know, the, the groups, you know, there's not a lot of talk on it. Hugely underrated. Yeah, and you don't even need like a huge critical right. mass. So I have somebody who's is about 6K, 7K, um, it's beard products and stuff. And it is popping. Like, it's like oh, yeah. people love it. There, there's tons of stuff. Like, and it, it, it's cool because there's a certain vector um, of family, like com camaraderie, where it's like sometimes it's not even like beard talk. People post cars or people. And that's when I think you know your group has really taken the turn for like you've that flywheel of awesomeness has finally started up. Um, and to your point, Ash, you can throw in, you know, two or three moderators, maybe comp them with some product. Um, and then have them kind of keep the 
you know, the, the streets clean, if you will, and the, the porch dusted to make sure that, you know, there's not a lot of nonsense going on in there. But yeah, yeah I, I've found that to be, um, and you can actually start to do, I think, some targeting to Facebook groups as well. So there's some, some interesting things going on there. One thing I did want to touch on, though, was, so for the messages, are you just doing sponsored messages then? Or how are you getting out to these people without, like, paying for them? Or do you just send an email with a link in there to have them start a flow? Or how are you, because I used to be a huge messenger guy, and then there was just so much restriction in terms of how you can touch them, when you can touch them, or that sounds weird, but when you can message them, how you can message them, um, that kind of thing. And then those kind of restrictions really started to uh, blow things up. And then also costs started to become attached, right? Not, not at an SMS level, but whether using many chat, chat field or something like that, there is some sort of cost in terms of running those, especially because there are a lot of times they're list size, um, list based in terms of pricing. So how, how do you deal with that or how do you capitalize on all that? Yeah, so the biggest strategy for Messenger at the moment is um, we're running ads for uh, personalized product quiz, right? Oh, so cool. we've built out the whole flow of like, what's your goal? You know, like, what do you, what's your age? Wait, this is that. like, what do you want to accomplish? And then the whole thing, it's like this massive flow that we've built out. Um, and that's one of the entry ways to being part of the Messenger. Um, then the second way is also um, just kind of building out that list. So anytime we're about to launch something, it's like we're running we're running sponsored uh, message ads where it's like notify me when this is available. So it's just yep. another additional touch point of you're going to get a messenger blast, you're going to get an email blast, you're going to get an SMS blast, um, push notification on our app as well. So like we're hitting people throughout the day uh, whenever we launch something, and it's just it. Being able to reach a customer at any given time is, I think, it's super invaluable I, at the moment. I remember, but yeah, I, and Messenger is hugely underrated. I remember, like, I think we touched on this before, Ronald, but I was doing Messenger when it first launched, let's say, like six or seven years ago, and there was no rules yet. Like, the only rule was like, oh, and it was just like an ATM machine, <laughs> and you had to put your equipment, it did not last. First of all, like, you had, it was not good. But like before they were figuring yeah. out what to do, it was wild stuff. Wild stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh. I agree. I remember those yeah. days, man. You could literally hit anybody at any time. And then... Uh, oh, 100%. And you can... St- uh, once they're into that 24 hour window, you can technically like just touch all of it. Yeah. It got really wild they really quick. Off, yeah. uh, but that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. I might have to revisit sure. that because I have a bigger, bigger messenger list, but I haven't done any sponsored stuff. Um, Okay, so how do you see the landscape of paid media kind of evolving into, uh, you know, in the next year or two? We kind of have a, a thesis about a mini CMO emerging where uh, there's going to be essentially a barbell effect where the agencies in the middle are kind of going to have a really big challenge. You're still going to have, you know, your big percent of spend agencies handling these big accounts, but I think there's going to be a uh, migration of value, if you will, to kind of these micro shops where you can go there and they can actually track you all the way down to net profit level. And they partner with you more so where, you know, you pay them a fixed retainer. It might be a little more, but, um, you don't have to give up any of your profits and ad spend, but they're also very analytical versus right there's now. A lot I think of there's a lot of channel specific buyers, buyers that, that, are that, that are fantastic, fantastic but, but I, it's hard I, for it's me to hard see, for how me to see how channel specific buying kind of goes forward do you have any thoughts there or coloring the lines around that yeah i mean i think a lot of these bigger agencies will probably 
I don't know. It might. And tell me, if, tell me if I'm wrong, but I think the bigger agencies are probably going to be the ones that stick around. around. I think, I think mainly because of mainly what they're, because of what they're capable of capable of offering. I think media buying is not just media buying anymore. You have to think about it from the the creative, copywriting, um, to the landing page, conversion rate optimization. That's for checkout, checkout, post purchase, right? Right. You have to think about the whole flow. It's not about just Getting that buyer in that in that time frame, right? Um, you need, like I said, you need all those elements. You need somebody to look at the data as well and make actionable insights or create actionable items looking at the insights. Um, these like you know boutique agencies where it's like, all right, you're just hiring a media buyer. That's I don't think that's going to be enough anymore. You need mm-hmm. a full team yeah. around, right? Um, like myself, I'm handling all of our, our Facebook budget, um, where I was kind of getting the graphics, like requesting it from you know my partner. And then you know making changes on the website myself, but like at this time, it's very difficult to do all of that um, just by yourself, right? So oh, you need so multiple designers, you need an editor, you need like somebody looking at the data and just the data and being like, okay, well, this is what we're seeing, this is what we have to do. Because if you have to do that all on yourself, one, you're gonna go crazy. Two, it's like you're not gonna be efficient as you used to be. So I do think those bigger guys are probably going to end up kind of sticking around, but mainly because yeah. they're offering other services probably within their main, you know, offering, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's similar to my thesis as well, where, um, the other thing is I think there's a lot of agencies, um, and I'll get probably wrath on Twitter, but right now they're overcompensated for the value they're generating. And if they don't move into that kind of analytics partnership, strategic role, at the business level, not just at the Facebook channel level, right. it gets really challenging just because, um, you know, the economics just start to not work and those bigger agencies also have a bigger overhead. So they have, have to balance that out as well. But yeah, I, I see that kind of in the same place. Um, so you're talking about a lot of your creative velocity. I agree. Creative velocity is one of the lifebloods to a, a Facebook account. Can you like, how do you do creative testing or how do you think about that? You say you launched on a weekly cadence. Give us some more insight there. So um, one of the biggest things that we started doing now is uh, we have three, I guess, pieces of content that we collect weekly, right? Um, We have a content team of over 20 women uh, that we've kind of, you know, handpicked from the Facebook group, um, people who are just, you know, VIP customers and you know and some influencers who we reached out to but they're now like obsessed with the brand. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, we have this content team of twenty women who, at any given time, are like, all right, here's a brief, here's a product. Give us, you know, we just we need a video. We need a UGC style video. Tell us how you've loved the product or how you take the product, the results you've seen, um, basically your routine with it. Um, and these aren't just random influencers who are seeding out, you know, packages to and yeah. doing unboxing. We're talking about women who actually use the product, right? So it's a little bit more organic than, you know, just, yeah. oh, I just got this in the mail. Like, it tastes really uh-huh. good, blah, 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 right? You know, that's like, it's not going to cut it anymore. So 20 videos a week of, you know, specific content for whatever product that I'm trying to push. Um, so that's one set of it. And then two, uh, we have our graphic designers who are coming up with different, um, you know, static ads. Uh, whether that be you know product uh, images that are benefit focused, recipe focused, uh, different just ways to kind of showcase how the product works and you know um, the design elements of that because different styles of you know graphics will appeal to different people. So that's the second yep. type. 
Then we have the video editor who is basically taking everything and just pumping out different variations of whether it's a mashup of the UGC stuff that we just got or, you know, slideshows between the static images that we got or, you know, taking stock footage and mixing it in with whatever we have and just this plethora of just content that we're dumping and, you know, spitting out variations for us to try. So ideally what I'm trying to do is weekly um, and I do this every Monday, I come in, I have a folder ready for me prepared by the team of all the pieces of content that I'm going to test for that week. Um, you know, basically what I've been trying to do is figure out the best way to efficiently test all these creatives and then obviously pull out the winners and put them into our scaling campaigns. But basically every Monday I'm testing every, every piece of creative, um, you know, I'm testing creative against what landing pages work versus product page. Um, you know, trying to test different pieces of ad copy as well. So there's a lot of testing that goes on on Monday and like 90% of it is not good, but like the 10% is all you need to just keep going for the next couple of weeks. Um, so that, that's pretty much how we handle creator at the moment. That's, that's fantastic answer. That's, that's wonderful, man. Um, okay. Just a few more questions before we get into rapid fire is Facebook still the best place to start buying ads. If you're a new business, it's, it's definitely, I think the, the cost to entry is very high right now. Um, okay. Because I, even when we're testing new creative, like the cost is like insanely mm -hmm. high. So I can only imagine what it would be for like new brands. Um, I, I wouldn't write it off at the moment. I would still, you know, if you have a budget, just know that you're going to blow through it. Um, but you're, you're basically spending money to learn. But what I would, what I would suggest some brands do is um, a lot of these platforms like TikTok, the organic reach is just unmatched at the moment. Um, and we're trying to we're trying to figure out our like niche in that in that in that platform right now. So um, if you can figure out TikTok and get that organic, you know, uh, traffic, because anytime we post organically, we get sales. Even if it's like a couple hundred views, we see sales coming from TikTok. Mm -hmm. So we're That's just trying awesome. to how do we how do we go viral on TikTok? That's what we're trying to figure out. But sure. I think if you don't have that big of a budget, TikTok organic, just follow the trends. You know, make TikToks not ads and I think you could start seeing some type of traction where you could start allocating more budget to Facebook and, you know, spreading it out across the different channels. Yeah, I love that. That's a, that's a social savanna, right? Not make TikToks, not ads. I think yeah. so. It's a great yeah. line. What is your, uh, it's a great line. How much do you do in-house versus agencies or outsourced? Like what's your team like, your core team? I'm just curious. No, it's a great question. Um, so in-house right now, um, in terms of like the marketing aspect, um, you know, our video editors in house, our designers in house, um, customer service and you know, content team management is in house. Um, some of these and, and Facebook I'm, I'm handling, but in terms of other channels like Google, um, TikTok, uh, Pinterest, we we kind of, like the founders like we don't necessarily we're not experts in those in the right. field, right? So I'm not even going to try. Um, so you know, kind of handing it off to those guys, but. Where, wherever, we, oh, and email as well. That's um, you know, those, that, no, sorry, we have an agency for email. Um, just mainly because, like, those are the things where it's like, we're not the experts in those fields. Um, there are experts in those fields, and oh, yeah. those should be the ones yeah. that are, you know, tackling our stuff. So that's, that's how we're currently set up. Okay. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, okay, let's see. 
Yeah, so that was my last question. So let's move on. Okay, cool. You've made it through the first two segments, Ash. Congratulations. <laughs> well done, well done. Okay, strap on your armor, and Max is going to take you through um, the rapid fire. All right, you ready for this? Oh boy. Here we go. Okay. <laughs> Facebook ads, overrated or underrated? I think it's properly rated. It's just, properly that's a fair rated. answer. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Dynamic creative, overrated or underrated? I think it might be underrated. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, Do you want to give it, like, should I give you my, like... Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. you can rap about yeah. it if you have. Uh, okay, yeah. yeah. I, I think in the beginning it was very difficult because it's like, you don't know the optimal, like, level of, okay, how many creators should I test? How many pieces of copy should I test, right? Um, I think if you're trying to test one variable, I think it's very underrated because, like, you're not overlapping the audiences. You're not competing with yourself. So I think it's very underrated. In fact, I just started a test last night utilizing uh, Dynamic Creative. Um, I saw a thread earlier on Twitter trying to test something cool. out. But I think it's definitely underrated because I don't see anybody talking about yeah. it. That, yeah, that's how I test as well. Okay, Indian food in London, overrated or underrated? Oh, underrated as hell. Like, I miss <laughs> that food so much. I don't know what it is, but the British people know I'm making Indian food. Wow. Is that <laughs> the thing? rest of the cuisine's trash over there, but the Indian is so good, supposedly. Oh, crazy. Yeah, I had okay. a British roommate for a while. Okay, uh, being the founder of a business, overrated or underrated? I, I think it's overrated because... It's like, ah, like I have my own business, like, the, like, and people are like, oh, you have your own business. Like, it's not easy. No. Like, it's, it's really it's not, not easy. easy. There's so many, something like, things you have to think about. No, it's definitely yeah. something to be proud of because if you do, you know, find your, your way, I think it's very impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, anybody can say, like, oh, like, this is, a, you know, your Twitter buyer, IG buyer, like, founder in this company, and, like, you haven't made a sale yet, you know? So, yeah, sure. <laughs> sure, yeah. It's like the t-shirt before the sale, right? <laughs> Yeah. Okay, LinkedIn, overrated or underrated? I think it's underrated. Um, I think for a lot of people who are trying to grow their social presence, I think LinkedIn has that exposure where mm-hmm. you can post something um, and organically you'll start being qual- seen by a lot of people in that, that industry. The quality of the, I guess, the lead you could generate from there in a sense, or the connections is, is high. Like, mm. and just from Triple Whale's perspective, we have a few, we don't focus on LinkedIn at all. It's been mostly Twitter back to our original mm-hmm. conversation. The whole thing was like built on Twitter. Yeah. We've had some spillover onto LinkedIn and we have like one or two posts and it's generated like the most leads per post I've ever, yeah, ever seen. <laughs> no, I agree. Yeah. I definitely agree. I think there's certain, there's a certain niche on there too. Like, like I, we were we were talking about earlier, where I think marketing Twitter is massive, yeah. but I think mm-hmm. like CEO LinkedIn is even bigger. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like just the connections you can make there are even yeah. better than the ones you can make on Twitter. Yeah, it's well put. Favorite meal and why? I love pizza. Okay. Like I just love that. pizza. That's it. Like and, there's any kind of configuration, that. any particular configuration. <sighs> I mean. Like New York style pizza. Configuration. Pizza, you know what I mean? Like, Never heard someone say configuration when it comes to pizza. I like that, Alan. <laughs> How do you like the configuration? <laughs> like, maybe my dashboard, I configure a certain way. Hey, we're analytics company, right. you know? That's good. That's good. I like it. Okay, favorite newsletter? Oh, come on. Mail, mail. Oh. Wow. Shout out to Robert there. 
Yeah. Let's go. Shout out to uh, no, you guys are you guys are actually killing it. I mean, the, I have you guys, and I also have the DC newsletter that I have. Um, it might appreciate your support actually, from like day one. I think. Oh, yeah. Of course, of course, <laughs> triple well all day. Favorite place to travel to? Yeah. And why? <sighs> um, I got two. Um, I really well pre-pandemic um, used to go to London every year. Beautiful. Haven't been able to go back. Haven't been able to see my grandparents or my aunt and uncles. Um, but hopefully soon, you know. Um, but usually, I really love going to Cancun in Mexico. I just something about it. It's just love the beach. Awesome. Love you know, just chilling, awesome. doing absolutely nothing. That yeah. is just sometimes you need yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. totally agree. Favorite way to spend your time. I'm a, I think when I'm out of the office, like, which is rarely now, um, a big uh, Call of Duty player. Fantastic. <laughs> oh, what what platform? Uh, I got a PlayStation 5 that, you know, no, usually. Fancy. Is that the fire? Yeah, I just yeah. need to. What's that? The five already? I'm like totally out yeah, of the game. Yeah, five, yeah. <laughs> it was so fancy. hard to get it, man. It was so hard to get it. Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. Okay, favorite follow on Twitter? You can just say it, triple one. No, I'm joking. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> no, I, I can't I can't put it down to just one because like there's sure. so many good like there's there's different people for different stuff, yeah. right? So yeah. it's like I I can't even I honestly I can't even think of like a single person that I would just like, oh I can't wait for another tweet. You know, I mean there's just several people that like people who are just in general if you're putting out that value where it's like where you can actually test the stuff that you're talking about those are the types of people that i love to follow because it gives me inspiration to try different stuff as well but, yeah little nuggets yeah of... i can't i'm sorry no, no. <laughs> right, here's the final question if you could have dinner with any three people dead or alive who would it be <sighs> love to have dinner with drake for sure um, I just feel like the guy, like, just when he goes out for dinner, he's just having a good time. Um, <laughs> I don't who else, man? I mean, would love to go out for dinner with Tim Cook and maybe yeah. set him straight a little bit. Um, <laughs> um and maybe, um, honestly, like, even Zuckerberg too. I feel like just, just seeing what he like, you know, you know just it, see see where his head is at. You know what I mean? I think I want to get Tim Cook's side. I want to get Zuck's side, and then Drake. I just want to party with. That's it. Maybe set those guys. I love it. Pre- be like, come on, guys. You're just, just we'll bring it together. Let's think about it. You see, guys, music. you guys are basically controlling all the levers here. <laughs> like, come on, it's working out. Exactly. <laughs> Maybe a gift card. Let's talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Let me get some of them credits, Mark. Not the 16 um, cent refund, you know, you get that alert. Here's your 33 cents back from your oh, 10 are, grand yesterday. Those are, you, are they, are they classic. smacking the face when they do that? Like, classic, yeah. Feels like definitely thank you, guys. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Well, fantastic, Ash. You made it through a rapid fire. You sound no worse for the wearer. What a champion you are over there. Um, so tell us a little bit more, I guess, about Avi. How can people get involved? Where, they, where can they buy it? What's the Give us the spiel there. Yeah, no. So Avi, I mean, we, we have our Black Friday sale coming Ooh. up next Monday. Yeah. Um, for the entire month, uh, you know, we're bringing back some flavors, very popular flavors that were seasonal uh, back last year. Um, 
myavi.com. Um, so if you're looking for you know beauty, weight loss, energy, immunity, you name it, um, we have the products for it. And most of our products today is absolutely amazing. Um, you definitely try it out if you need to. But if you you know if you want to hear a little bit about you know marketing stuff from me, you follow me on uh, Twitter at Ashvin Malwani. Um, I'm not big on LinkedIn. I tried it. Twitter's my thing. Or I'm trying to make it my thing. So definitely shoot me a follow. Um, and I promise I won't disappoint you because whatever we're doing in house is not a secret. I want to tweet it out. So definitely check it out. Check out the brand. Um, you know, I'm, you can send me a DM, whatever. You know, I'm I'm open for anything. If you have any questions, I love talking to anybody that I can and helping like so. Yeah. Thank you so much. Fantastic. Well, Ash, thank you so much. Go follow him. Go get you some collagen and some energy in your life. Uh, that'll wrap it up for us. If you do want to get more involved with Triple Whale, we are trytriplewhale.com. You can snag an invite there or request access. We're at Try Triple Whale on the Twitters. And then what else do we got? I think that's it. Oh, Whale Mail. Obviously, go sign Let's up go. for uh, Whale Mail. And then I'll, I don't know when this is going to drop, but we'll – it could be after we have a really cool announcement. So um, stay tuned there, folks. But thanks so much again, Ash, Max. It's always a pleasure, and we'll see everyone on the flip. Thank you. Thank you for having me, guys.